God, we're here today for no other reason than to focus our eyes upon you, to turn our eyes upon you. God, there's so many things that people run after in life. So many things people run after to seek security and happiness and a sense of being. And yet, we know today and we affirm that as we, as we worship you, the true and living God, we know that, that you are life. You are the giver of life. You are the sustainer of life. You are the one who draws us close to you so that we can have a full and a, and a meaningful life. God, I want to take just a moment today and pray for those who are here who may be looking for you, may be seeking for you, may be searching to find that clear picture of who you are that continues to just draw them close to you, even though they may not be aware of it. God, I just pray that that you would reveal yourself in such a clear way today that men and women and students would be truly drawn to you. God, I know that there's some here today who may be struggling with health issues, issues where reports have come back that have not been the best in the world. And God, I pray today that in the midst of the maybe the puzzle that lies before them, that, that they'll come to the point where, where we can just put our full trust in you and our, our faith completely in you. God, I pray that You'll be with those today who may be here who may have fallen to temptation this past week, may have fallen to sin. And I pray that the convicting power, the loving power of your Holy Spirit would would draw them to you to find forgiveness and find restoration and find peace, find strength and a trust in you that supersedes whatever actions we we may have experienced this past week. And so now, God, we just want to continue to worship you as we open up your word and apply your word to our life. And I pray that you would transform us today by the power of your word. In Jesus' name now, we continue to worship. Amen. So as you're being seated, if uh, you are a child, if you're under the fifth grade, uh, you you can be dismissed now if you haven't already been dismissed. And uh, if you you have not been registered, there's a place in the lobby for you to register and uh, enjoy a time of worship and fellowship together uh, with your leaders and with your your other peers. Uh, Last week, we started this this new chapter in our adventure here at Palmetto Shores to combine families together to worship. And so we've invited our children to come in and we'll continue to let our children see uh, us worship and join us in worship and uh, their hearts can be formed uh, to worship God uh, in a very special way by joining with us in the first part of of our worship service. So uh, we celebrate today. Over the next few weeks, you are probably going to hear a number of illustrations, a number of examples uh, from the Zambia mission adventure that some of us were privileged to go on. Our mission team was set to depart on on June the 16th, and early that morning, uh, before we left late in the afternoon, we received uh, an email from Ken Buckner, the director of Come Go With Us, that... uh, 
reminded us it was winter in Africa where we were going. Here we were basking in the sunlight and the, and the June heat, but there, they're below the equator. And so we were going to be going to spend the coldest two weeks of the year uh, in Africa. So at the last minute, we were able to throw some uh, warm clothes into our luggage and uh, somewhat be prepared for uh, the cold weather that we were going to be experiencing. Uh, the first night that we spent with Come Go With Us, we were glad that we had received that message. And then the, the, the following week, several of us had the privilege to go out in the bush country. And uh, whether we were either in the, in the bush country or whether we were at the, the, the base camp where Ken and Karen work from their ministry or in their ministry, uh, we were blessed by radiant flames of either a fire out in the bush or the fireplace or, or, or a heater in the home where we were. And there were times when I would stand so close to the fire that I could almost feel the hair singeing on the back of my life. I mean, I just love being around radiant heat, especially in cold weather. I don't know what it is about that. I also know that this time of the year, you know that millions of people flock here to the Grand Strand to enjoy the radiant heat of our sunshine. Uh, they work hard all year and save up their vacation dollars, and then they come and spend their vacation dollars uh, to lounge around in the radiant heat of the sun. There's just something about the warmth and the glow and the light of a flame of the sun there's a radiant heat that just flows through our body and energizes us and, and warms us up. We live in a dark world. We live in a cold world. And from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is full of examples of people who are drawn into what appears to be the delight of the world, and yet they find out that the world is cold and it's dark. And the world needs a radiant heat, a radiant fire to warm up the souls and the spirits of human beings. Again, the Bible accurately describes the world as, be, as, a, as a spiritually cold and dark place. And that's where we live because of the nature of man. God's heart provides a warmth and a light that you need to be spiritually alive. Uh, he's given us the Bible. He's given us His Holy Word. And I invite you to turn with me now to Psalm 119 as we open up God's Word and look into His Word that will draw us to His heart. Over the next eight weeks, I encourage you to get close to God through His radiant Word. Martin Luther once said, and I quote, I've made a covenant with God that He sends me neither visions, dreams, nor even angels, as I am well satisfied with the gift of the Holy Scriptures, which give me abundant instruction and in all that I need to know, both for this life and that which is to come. Luther was referring to the radiant Word of God. And he literally put his life on the line, standing before 
uh, rulers of his day and standing before the church of his day to stake his life on the truths and the precepts and the commands and the principles of God's Word. So over the next eight weeks, we're going to plan to work our way through Psalm 119. Somebody asked me this past week, even someone asked me this morning, how are you going to cover Psalm 119? And I say, we're going to cover it very diligently and very slowly over eight weeks. And so we're going to spend eight weeks. There are 22, uh, there, there, there are 22 uh, sections to Psalm 119. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And each letter of the Hebrew alphabet has eight verses that are assigned to each one of, of, of these sections of Psalm 119. And we're going to work our way over the next eight weeks through the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, it's a call, Psalm 119 is a call to walk with God in His radiant Word. And so we're going to dig into it. Our, our memory verse for the next eight weeks comes from the last section of Psalm 119. Uh, it's up on the screen. And I want to ask you just to read this with me as we read aloud a verse that we want to memorize over the next eight weeks that's going to encourage our lives. So let's read it together. My lips will pour forth praise for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Psalm 119, 171, 172. Now, we won't get to that till week eight, but we're going to be digging around in it and meddling around in it all the way through as we work through Psalm 119. So where do you learn God's statutes? Where do you learn God's testimonies, His commandments? Well, God's radiant Word is where He reveals Himself to us and where His statutes and His commandments clearly draw us close to the heart of God. Now, that's interesting, and that's important to remember. And we'll unpack that as we move through this morning. So, let's look at Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8, as we look for four benefits to walking with God in His Word. Four benefits to walking with God in His Word. Benefit number one, uh, walking in God's Word brings blessing. We see that in verses 1 and 2. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart. So most people in this life are seeking satisfaction. Most people are seeking to be blessed. Uh, and I believe that supreme satisfaction and supreme blessing comes to you and me and consequently everybody else on this earth by walking with God in His Word, the Holy Bible. This law that's mentioned in verse 1 refers to the statutes and the judgments and the principles of salvation that are revealed to us in God's Word. Earlier this year, we worked through Matthew chapter 5, and in verse 17, here's what Jesus said. He said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. 
And so the Bible clearly says, and Jesus clearly teaches, that he wrote the law, and then he perfectly fulfilled the law. Jesus created the law, and Jesus fulfilled every aspect of the law. Now, you and I can't do that. Genesis chapter 3 helps us understand that you and I are sinners. And we've fallen short of the glory of God. And so the main purpose of the law is to show you and me that we need a Savior. We need Jesus. The Bible describes the law as, as a mirror that shows you and me that we are sinners. It points out our sin. It reflects the real nature and the consequences of the nature inside of us and shows us that we have failed to measure up to God's law. We failed to measure up to God's standard. This week I was driving down the road in my Jeep and four warning lights all of a sudden at once started flashing on my dashboard. I call them idiot lights, but they're, they're really there for a purpose. They're there for a warning. Now, I have a choice. I can either heed those warning lights, or I can ignore them. Now, there have been times in the past when I drove old Jeeps, and I would just take a black piece of tape, and I would put over some of those lights, because I had come to understand that they did not mean hardly anything, although they were important, I'm sure. But God's law is like that. God's law reveals to you where you need to focus attention. To either give attention to the warning that God's given in His law, or either, as most people do, just ignore it. But the warning there, the law there is given by God to you and me because you need a Savior. And I need a Savior. In Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so what does the law do? The law points out the fact that we need a Savior. But we have to make a choice. We have to turn our life to Receive the gift that God offers, the gift of His grace, the gift of His justification. And then let God redeem us through His Son, Jesus Christ. When you fully commit your mind and your will and your emotions and everything about your life to Jesus, then the Bible says you will be blessed as you grow in following His example you are blessed by God, both to stand before God in relationship with Him, but also to be a blessing to other people. When I was 16 years old, my mom and dad and pastor gave me this Bible. It's old and it's worn out and it's fallen apart, but I treasure this Bible. Right in the front of this Bible, when my mom and dad gave it to me, Here's what it says. It says, this book will keep you from your sins, or your sins will keep you from this book. Very early in life, I'm so 
thankful. I'm so thrilled that my mom and dad taught me to treasure God's Word. Also in the flyleaf of this Bible, listen to these words. Though the cover is worn and the pages are torn, and though places bear traces of tears, yet more precious than gold is this book, worn and old, that can shatter and scatter my fears. When I prayerfully look in the precious old book, many pleasures and treasures I see, many tokens of love from the Father above who is nearest and dearest to me. This old book is my guide. Tis a friend by my side. It will lighten and brighten my way. And each promise I find soothes and gladdens my mind as I read it and heed it today. God's Word is precious to us because it contains blessing that can come to us that can come to us in no other way. And so I encourage you to dig into God's Word. So let me ask you, have you heeded God's warning light, first of all, to confess that you're a sinner, admit that you're a sinner, and turn away from your sin, and repent of your sin, and accept that gift that God offers through Jesus Christ. God's Word from the 39 books of the Old Testament to the 27 books of the New Testament demonstrate that you need Jesus. The 39 books of the Old Testament point toward your need for Jesus. And that includes Psalm 119. The 27 books of the New Testament point to the fact that Jesus came to this earth and lived a perfect life and died on the cross, shed His blood to pay for your sin. That's the gift that God offers. Forgiveness and redemption from your sin. And then He, he offers us in those 27 books of the New Testament instructions as to how to make all of life about Jesus and follow Him for the rest of our life. So, have you made that decision today? Have you received that blessing that God offers as a free gift to you through Jesus Christ. See, the testimonies of God mentioned in verse 2. The testimonies of God for those who seek God with His whole heart are a self-revelation of God. We can't measure up to God in our own strength. But Jesus wants to envelop our lives into His life. And allow us to live life according to the standard that God set for us. That's His law. His standard reveals who He is. And His standard reveals the perfect life that God offers only in Jesus Christ. So make sure today that you've given your life to Jesus. That you've trusted Him. You will find no greater blessing in life than walking with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. When you align your life to Him with your whole heart, then you open up your life to the greatest blessing that God has to offer. And that is fellowship with Him. Life with Him. Now understand this. As much as I love God's Word, and I do, I treasure God's Word, I read it every day, and I pray and trust that you do. But the blessing that God has to offer is not His Word, 
but it's where His Word leads you. His Word leads you to His warm heart. God wants you to know Him, not just know His Word, not just know His law, but to walk in it with Him. He loves you. And that's why reading the Bible is such a big deal, because it draws you to God. The only way that you can be blameless when you stand before God, the only way you can be blameless with respect to His law, is by trusting the Savior that He sent to draw us to Himself and to keep us walking in His will. So we must seek Him with a whole heart. That takes discipline. That takes intentionality. Verse 2 says, We must seek Him with our whole heart. The world is so full of many distractions that pull us away from walking in the way of the Lord, walking in His laws. But the Word of God pulls us back and demonstrates to us, shows us how we can walk in His ways, walk in His laws. So God's blessing flows to you and me through His Word. Secondly, the second benefit to walking in God's Word Walking in God's Word brings guidance. Brings guidance. Not only does it bring blessing, it brings guidance. Verse 3 continues, Blessed are those who also do no wrong, but walk in His ways. God's Word is given to you and me to direct us, to guide us on the path to the heart of God, to walking with God. It guides us, first of all, to Jesus to our need for Jesus, to the opportunity for us to trust Jesus. And then it guides us as we walk with Jesus in our life. All of life, every part of life, can be lived by walking according to God's clearly marked ways. But we have to know God's Word. We have to read His Word and study His Word and let His Word guide us as we Walk the path with God. On our very first day in Zambia, some of us loaded onto four-wheel drive cruisers and headed out to a bush church in Simono. We left the paved roads after about 30 minutes and hit three hours of rough, dusty, dirty, bumpy roads. At some point, I thought about looking at Ken and say, you know, why are we taking these rough roads? Why don't we just take off through the woods and take off through the bush and find our own way? If we had done that, we would probably still be in Zambia. <laughs> in fact, we would probably be dead. Uh, that road was a sure way to lead us, as bumpy as it was, as rough as it was, as dusty as it was, as filled with animals as it was. I mean, it was nothing unusual to come up to animals in the road and have to stop and let the animals pass by and then uh, head on the rest of our journey. But it was important that we stayed on the path. God's path is His Word, and it directs us to His heart. There's a family indoor recreation center here at the beach that was established a year or so ago. And in that family-oriented recreation center, there's a bowling alley. And inside the bowling alley at the scorer's table, you can hit a button. And when you hit that button, 
guardrails pop up to keep the ball from going in the gutter. Now, that particular uh, item takes an adult game that children can be frustrated in trying to play and turn it into something that is very, very fun for three-and-a-half and four-year-olds. You roll the ball down the alley, and it hits the guardrail, and it comes back into the, into the lane. It can't go in the gutter because of those guardrails. Well, I picture God's Word as revealing to you the guardrails that God has in our life to keep us out of the gutter. There's so many gutters that we face in life that uh, we're pulled toward. And if we stay in God's Word every day, God's Word can be guardrails to keep us from falling in that gutter and allowing us to be defeated. I hope you understand that there is an enemy who wants to put you in the gutter and keep you in the gutter. Because his life is all about the gutter. His life is all about rebellion against God. And you better understand that he is smarter than you. He is stronger than you. He is craftier than you. And he is out to destroy your witness. To destroy your life altogether. His purpose is to lead you into the gutter. Over in the book of James, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Here's what the Bible says. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will run away. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So how do you submit yourself to God? Well, you submit yourself to God by daily, constantly following the guidance that He gives through His Holy Word. The best way to stay out of the gutter with your life is to meet God in His Word every day and then walk in that Word as you move throughout the day. God's Word, the Bible says in Psalm 119, God's Word sets you up to be blessed by God as He offers you His guidance to keep you out of the gutter. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. Don't go wandering off out into the bush thinking you can find a better way. <laughs> In all your ways, acknowledge Him. How do you acknowledge Him? You acknowledge Him through His Word, through loving His Word and following the guidance that He gives in His Word. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Are you aware that your purpose in life is to know God and to walk with Him. Circumstances around you want to pull you into the gutter, pull you away from God. But God's Word gives a sure path, gives sure guidance, clear guidance to know Him and to walk with Him. So why is reading God's Word such a big deal? Well, God's Word guides you in the path to God's 
warm and loving heart. You don't have to live alone in this cold, dark world. The warmth of God's loving heart is drawing you to get so close to God that you feel the warmth, you feel the heat of His, His, His Word and His love to keep you out of the gutter and to keep you headed toward that purpose that you have of walking with Him. So let God's Word draw you close to Him today. So along with blessing and guidance as benefits from walking in God's Word, there's another benefit. And here's the way I've described it today. Walking in God's Word brings comfort. We see that in verses 4 through 6. You've commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Now, no one wants to live a life of shame. Shame refers to public disgrace, just by definition of the word. It's being totally embarrassed because things turn out badly because of wrong choices that we make, bad decisions that we make. Shame is a picture of defeat. It's a picture of failure. It's a picture of feeling guilty because I failed morally. I chose the word comfort for this paragraph, for this section, because comfort literally means with strength. And the only way that you can stay out of the gutter, the only way you can live with respect, which is opposite of shame, is to stay within the bounds of God's Word. Stay within the guidance that God offers. Stay within the, the, the precepts and the commandments and the laws that God offers. Living according to God's Word brings respect. Living life without God leads to a sure path of shame. And nobody wants to stand before God and be ashamed. Nobody wants to stand before your family or your peers and feel ashamed. So the good news is that no one has to live in shame. No one has to feel the, the, the weight of shame or fear of standing before God in, in your shame. Living according to God's commandments and statutes and precepts delivers us from shame. And how do we get there? Well, we can only get there through trusting God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And that's provide salvation for us, provide Jesus for us. And so God has provided this perfect solution to our shameful life through His Word. And His Word points us directly to the Savior that we need to keep us from living a life of shame. In every area of our life, we're to be obedient to the precepts of God's Word. God's Word brings comfort to us when we live and trust the Word that He gives us. He leads us to put our trust and faith in a Savior that can lead us to a life that is a life of respect before God. 
And that's why God's word comforts us. That's why I use the word comfort here. Because as we know Jesus and make all of life about him, we receive God's strength. And we feel his comfort, regardless of the circumstances around us. God's word, the Bible, is the greatest source of comfort that we have, the greatest source of strength that we need to stay out of the gutter, to stay out of a life of shame, and to live respectively before God. Living according to His precepts, His statutes, His commandments can only happen when we place our life in the life of Jesus Christ and walk with Him day by day in our life. The Bible is very clear. We can't accomplish this on our own. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever. Do you see the difference? Living in shame does not bring glory to yourself. Living in shame does not bring glory to God. It's only with the strength of God. It's in His riches, in His glory, in His Savior, Jesus Christ, that we find the strength to be blessed in life. So nothing is more comforting. Nothing gives us more strength than knowing that all of the power of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to you and me to keep us out of the gutter, to keep us away from shame, to keep us of, of, on the path of walking with God in victory. You'd be interested to know that our church in Maloney is, is under siege. Um, there's an enemy who's trying to steal the property that belongs to the Church of Life that during 2020 our church took up money, took up an offering over several weeks to build a church building for that church to be planted and that church to start. And, and again, there's an enemy that's trying to steal that property, take it away. Pastor Gift is a pastor who stands on God's Word. He stands on the truth of God's Word. He lives in God's Word. And he understands that what the enemy means for evil, God is going to eventually mean for good. He's confident of the fact that that effort by the enemy to take the land away and take the uh, opportunity to reach that section away uh, is evil. He understands that God has a better plan. And God has a better place to move that church to reach even more people. And because of his faith and trust in God, because he's being guided by the Holy Spirit of God, what Satan has meant for evil, God is going to use for good. Because that church is going to thrive. That church is going to continue. That church is going to grow to reach hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Zambians for the Lord Jesus Christ. So why is reading God's Word such a big deal? Well, it reveals the will of God, the purpose of God, to draw your heart close to His heart, to guide you to His heart, 
to give you strength, to give you comfort by walking with Him. So finally today, along with blessing and guidance and comfort, benefit number four, walking in God's Word brings endurance. Walking in God's Word brings endurance. Look at verse 7 and 8. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. See, the psalmist was resolved in his heart that he was going to keep his heart connected to God. That God would never leave him. That God would never forsake him. We learned last week in Psalm 118 that it's not so much how you start in life, but how you finish in life that makes a difference in, in your eternity and in what really is valuable in life. That takes endurance. Running the race takes endurance. The radiant Word of God will draw your heart to the heart that God has for you. God's radiant heart endures forever. I hope you can get the picture today of how much God loves you. How much God has sacrificed to come to this earth and live a perfect life and set an example for you to follow and at the same time sacrifice His life to set you free from the penalty of your sin. God loves you that much, but then He loves you too much just to let you go after that. He wants to keep you close to His heart through His Word. His radiant Word draws you into His radiant heart. And the greatest benefit in life is drawing close to God and walking with Him. And the path to do that is set for us through God's Word. God's radiant heart draws you like a blazing fire on a cold night to give praise to Him, the psalmist said, to learn His rules, to keep His statutes. But to not utterly be forsaken by God, we must understand that it's not about being religious. It's not about just going through a habit of reading words on a page of going through the motions. Relationship with God is about the heart. Here's how Jesus said it in Mark chapter 7. As he spoke to a very religious group of people who had most of the Old Testament, most of the law, memorized word for word. Listen to what Jesus said to them as he repeated the words of Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. Now there's a warning here. Drawing close to the heart of God in His Word is about a relationship that can be established with Him through His Word, but you have to understand that the purpose is to know God and to walk with Him. The purpose of reading His Word and living in His Word is to know His law and His commandments and His judgments and His precepts and His statutes and His testimonies. 
But understand that they draw you to God's radiant heart. His radiant word, the light of his word, the warmth of his word draws you to his heart so that you can know him and fellowship with him. So once again, make sure that you know God today. And then back up to his radiant word. And let him warm your heart with his steadfast love daily, moment by moment. Why is reading God's word such a big deal? Well, God's word reveals God's radiant heart for you. At the bottom of the outline, if you're looking at it on your worship guide, there's a word there, heart, H-E-A-R-T. And through this series, we want to give you some very practical handles for walking in God's Word and knowing God's Word. The H in heart stands for hear. We hear the Word of God. Now, there are many ways that we can hear the Word of God today. Um, There's no excuse for people not hearing the Word of God today. There are Bible apps and they're, they're a plethora. It's not like it is in Africa where Bibles are scarce. Bibles are everywhere in our culture today. And to hear the Word of God, we read it or we listen to it. We let it saturate into our life. We learned last week in our Sunday night seminar through the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3. The Bible promises a blessing just for reading the book of Revelation, just for hearing the book of Revelation read, just for reading the book of Revelation out loud. And that's why Louise challenged us this week to, to read out loud the book of Revelation. We hear God's word, and that sets us up to know God's radiant heart. The E stands for examine. Again, we not only read God's word, but we examine it. We compare scripture with scripture But here's the most important part of the examine principle. Richard Foster points this out in his book, Celebration of Discipline. The key is to let God's Word examine me. Let God's Word examine you. I'm not interested in looking for God to bless what I decide. That's what the Pharisees did in Mark chapter 7. I want to move my life into the life of God and let His Word examine me so that I can act on the conviction that God puts in my heart for me not lining my life with with His Word. So I hear the Word, I examine the Word, and then I apply the Word. See, God's Word is there for us to, yes, read and hear and examine But it's also there for us to apply to our life. Um, Yesterday, I worked out in the yard for three or four hours trying to get caught up on some yard work. And all my life, I've struggled with sun issues, with with, um, issues with my skin, skin cancer, that kind of thing. And I have in my possession... The best sunscreen that money can buy. SPF 50. It's made by a company that's very notable. Uh, It's guaranteed to block the rays of the sun from destroying my life. But guess what? 
as long as this lotion is inside this tube, it's not helping me one bit. I mean, I could have, uh, you know, all the sunscreen in the world, and if I don't put it on my skin when I go out into the sun, it's not going to do me any good. And so the Word of God is the same. I have to apply it to my life and let it make a difference in saving my life and keeping me out of the, the gutters that come along in life. And so I hear the Word, I examine the Word, I apply the Word, and then I have an opportunity under pressure to remember. The R stands for remember. I remember the Word of God. When times of pressure comes, that is when it's so important for God's Word to come out of my life when I'm squeezed because if it's not in there, it can't come out. And so these eight weeks, we're going to be bearing down on the need to daily and regularly examine God's Word as we hear it and apply it to our life and then remember it. And then that leads to the last part of God's heart, and that is we need to trust His heart. That's where we started our service this morning. Uh, some of you have heard a rumor that when, when we were in Zambia, Lindsay and I did a crazy thing. We, we bungee jumped uh, off the second highest bungee in the world. And I do not appreciate heights. In fact, I'm petrified of heights. And so one of my reasons for doing it, other than to have a sermon illustration, was to overcome my fear. But God taught me a lesson in that bungee experience. Here we were, 364 feet with a rope attached to us. When we first, when we first showed up, they put us in a harness. And we put that harness, we stepped through the harness, and they pulled it up, they strapped it, they put a little hook right here and strapped it down really good. But that harness wasn't what saved our life. When we went through this little gate, we sat down on a bench, and they wrapped towels around our leg, and then they cinched this other harness around our ankles, our feet. And they cinched them as tight as they could pull them and put another cinch in the middle or another hook in the middle. And they clamped the harness, the bungee harness, to that foot clamp. So when I dove off of that bridge, perfectly good bridge, <laughs> I left it, dove off it. When I dove off that bridge, the thing that saved my life was that foot harness that I was strapped to. That's what Jesus wants to do for your life. Jesus is who saves you from your sin. Without being strapped to that foot harness, we would have plunged into the Zambezi River never to be heard from again. Gone over Victoria Falls. And I mean, it would have been it. That would have been the end. But because we were hooked to the strap, the bungee held us from falling to disaster. Now, the chest harness had another purpose. It was to pull us up. They winched this guy down. He met us. As we were swinging below the bridge, he met us down there and he hooked his harness to our harness. That's what the Word of God does. The Word of God pulls us up so we can engage again in real life according to the standards of His Word. On the way up, an interesting thing happened. This guy comes, bungee, comes winching down to me to hook to my harness. 
We start pulling back up, and I looked at him. I said, is this the first time you've ever done this? <laughs> oh, no, I've done it hundreds of times before. I said, well, let me ask you something. You've got one cord holding you up, and that cord now is pulling you and me up. If this cord broke, would you go up or would you go down? He said, what? I said, I know Jesus. I know if I plunged into those waters below me, I would go up because I know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? That's the question I have for you today. Are you attached with the biggest need you have in your life, and that's to be saved by the grace of God? Are you attached to Jesus? If you're attached to Jesus, then God is pulling you up along life's path, back to the normal path of life with His Word. And so I challenge you today, what's so big about God's Word? Well, God's Word draws us to the heart of God. It draws us to trust Him. It draws us to put our faith in Him. And I trust and pray that you won't leave here today without knowing Jesus and then letting God's Word, making a commitment to let God's Word be the benefit from God that draws you into living a life that's full and that's meaningful. God, I thank you today for Jesus. And I thank you today for your Word. I thank you for giving us the opportunity, God, to, to be drawn to you by the power and the warmth of your radiant word and I pray that we would not be rebellious today and try to find our own way but that we would trust Jesus to save us from our sin and then trust your word to guide us as we navigate the challenges and the struggles and the pitfalls the gutters of this life Oh God, how I pray today that if there's someone here who's never given their life to Jesus, that right now they would pray a prayer like this and say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've rebelled against you. And today I repent of my sin and turn away from my sin and give all that I know about myself to all that I know about you and trust you to save me and then help me live the rest of my life giving glory to you. God, I pray that we would all humble ourselves, commit our life to following the God that you've given us in your word. In Jesus' name now we pray.